Hello and welcome everyone. This is just a quick intro to the episode. Just want to say a big thank you to everyone for listening to the past 27 episodes. It's been quite a year. We lost sports for a little bit and got them back and didn't know how much we missed them until they were taken from us. And thank you all so much for coming on this wonderful first year journey. Season 1 comes to an end with 27 episodes, which is 26 more than I ever thought I would get to. So thank you very much. Big things are coming for 2021. We are going to take a little bit of a holiday break. So no new episodes after this one. So enjoy this one. This is all about our World Juniors coming up. It's going to be an annual thing. So take a listen. Uh, Listen before the games start. So you have a few hours before the World Juniors start. Team Canada plays on Boxing Day. So not Christmas Day, but the tournament does start on Christmas Day. So I just want to say a big thank you. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, enjoy uh, the coming new year. I think things are going to be looking up. Oh, and we have to announce our contest winners. So you will be notified very, very soon, but we have three contest winners from our episode 25 giveaway. So further ado, we have a uh, no drum roll. Uh, don't uh, don't get any money for those sound effects yet. So maybe in 2021, but we do have three winners. You will be contacted, and uh, what part of the prize for that is you get a guest appearance on the show. Pretty cool. So that's going to be coming up in 2021, along with some new athletes. Big names are coming down the pipe, along with those fan favorites that you've been listening to all this year. So uh, kick back, relax, listen to us, watch some World Juniors, enjoy as much family time as you can, whether that's through video or in person. Enjoy the cuddles of your pets if you have. Go for a walk. Enjoy the outdoor rink, unless you're in Ontario and Quebec. uh, You don't really have snow right now. It's going to be a green Christmas for you. Everywhere else, I think, is going to have a white Christmas. Just enjoy as much as you can uh, with being safe uh, and our contest winners. Uh, So we have three contest winners. They are Sophie, Adam, and Charles. You will be contacted uh, after this episode goes out. Congratulations. Uh, Again, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and enjoy this next episode. And welcome to this very special end of the year, end of season one episode. We are going to start this annual tradition because every year a very special thing happens at the end of the year. We have the World Juniors and it's pretty much like the second holiday season tacked on to Christmas or is it Christmas is tacked on to the World Juniors? I'm not too sure. But with us back again... Uh, Alvaro, our hockey expert here, welcome to the year-end holiday tradition uh, episode of the Sports United podcast. Wow, I'm very flattered. Uh, Hockey expert, I can now put that on my LinkedIn, uh, officially vindicated. I'm excited for this World Journeys, man. It's been a long time since we've had hockey, so any hockey is welcome let alone at this level. I think uh, the World Juniors really shows the the future of hockey in, in such an awesomely tucked in right after Christmas 
event where we're all off and we're all, you know, able to just enjoy like back-to-back games. It's going to be awesome. It's one of those annual traditions that uh, people, hockey players can make a name for themselves. They can sometimes disappear if they are a big name. They can raise or lower their draft stock. Uh, It's so exciting because these players are just playing for the pride of their country, representing their country. Some, this is the only opportunity they ever get representing their country in hockey. Others, this is the start of a long international career. So they have nothing to lose, uh, but everything to gain. And I think that's what makes this so special. And it happens so often here in Canada that we are so lucky to be very close and when it happens in Canada, you don't have to wake up that early for games. Yeah, which is fine because that just means you start drinking at a more reasonable time. You're not uh, <laughs> pounding them back at 4 a.m. because you're watching it from Finland. Exactly. Everyone loves to day drink. Early day drinking, people start to look at you weird. So I just don't appreciate my day drinking cutting into my night drinking, personally. So mm. it just do not mesh together. So this year's tournament is going to be, uh, of course, different as everything has been. It's a bubble scenario in Edmonton only. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are the expectations going into this year's tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think mostly just excitement. Uh, There's going to be a lot of players that aren't. Well, maybe not a lot, but there's a few notable players that aren't going to be there. I think it's just generally, uh, I mean... For a lot of these players, they haven't played in almost a year. Some of them have played if they've played in the QMJHL, for example. Uh, but the OHL and WHL, these guys haven't been playing since March, right? That's crazy. So not alone, let alone the fact that it's an international tournament on like global stage where all kinds of scouts and all kinds of, especially now that people are off, like, the NHL's off, so all higher management, all levels of management are watching. Uh, it's just a lot of pressure. I think a lot of these guys are going to rise to the occasion. And, of course, as usual, Team Canada is so stacked. It's crazy. Is there a – do we see a favorite this year? Like, it, it's so awkward. Like you were saying, so many players, at least here in North America, haven't played since February or March. Uh, and you know, you're lucky if you have played, uh, like, is there a European team that might be the favorite cause they've played more? Maybe. Um, I know, I guess they, they've been playing for longer in Sweden, of course, in the KHL as well. So there's a lot of young players, um, on this squad, the Russian squad that are playing in the KHL. Of course, uh, the KHL is not a developmental league, so they're not, they're not necessarily being uh, groomed for specific types of, like you wouldn't think like the AHL and the KHL are comparable in that sense, where you can have actual young guys being groomed by a team in the AHL. But this is still playing time that they're getting with professionals at a very high end level. So anyone that's played in the KHL, whether you're Swedish, uh, Finnish, Russian, or a Soviet, uh, maybe I should say, uh, you're going to have some advantage. Um, I think Sweden has been playing together for longer. The junior team has been uh, at it for a bit longer. I know they, they were skating for longer than uh, before the season started. 
Yeah, so you uh, you kind of hit the head. So uh, I I would say Canada and Russia are probably the two favorites, but everyone's pretty much on the most equal playing field you can be at this point without anybody having to play. Um, yeah. I mean, we have the Soviet Union, a.k.a. Team Russia, because we don't know if they'll be Team Russia or the team formerly known as Russia. Yeah, some sort of symbol like prince yeah um we don't know if they'll be able to fly their flag it's probably not be able to play their anthem if that's probably the not i've heard it's just olympics but then i've also heard world championships as well yeah but if when it's does ihf that... like if it's a decision based on like at the hockey level then it'll be i imagine it would be the same as the olympics we'll find uh, out in just a know. few days yeah um like you're saying, Team Canada has stacked 20 first-round draft picks from the past two years. That's crazy. Made that might Canada. be that might be like some of the highest amounts. It's insane. I, Does quite high. now here's the question: Does your draft round or how many drafted NHL players you have really mean you'll be successful in this tournament? In this tournament, it's a good indicator. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean at the same time that they'll actually become successful NHL players. There's a lot of players that are junior stars, but they stay junior stars and they were consistently stars at the junior level on international levels, uh, which is really interesting. I think uh, Ottawa's drafted a couple of those guys, one in particular that I can think of. Um, uh, his name escapes me. Uh Plays for Calgary now. Oh, a Curtis Lazar. Oh. Curtis Lazar, oh. yes. Oh, classic. Yes. Oh. Perfect example of a guy that his draft position, his his draft pedigree, let's say, uh, definitely was consistent with his play at that level, as it was during his entire junior tenure, uh, but it didn't quite translate into the NHL. So it's kind of a weird. It's it. There's no like certainty at all in any of it. You could have a draft, a drafted player play amazingly, but he's drafted in like the second or third round. That's happened so many times at this level as well. So I don't know if it's uh, more likely that this will be a successful squad. It also depends how they mesh well together, and if they've been around each other. A lot of these guys don't even know each other, so or they haven't seen each other for a while. That's the thing. How fast can you get chemistry with someone? And then that selection process, oh, well, these guys have played with or against each other. They know it. They know how each other's flow. Do we put them on the team because they know each other? Do we take this guy who has been really good? All that always usually weaves, but this year is even more important to get that gel and work around, especially when, Team Canada and Team Germany and Sweden all have COVID cases and you have to go into quarantine and don't get that valuable ice time. Yeah, and that's what we, those are the cases that we know so far and that can start to have more of an impact as we go. More teams might have that susceptibility. Um, hopefully, you know, that's that's what the bubble is there to try to prevent, but that doesn't mean that certain exposures don't exist. Um, 
this whole yeah this whole year this whole tournament for this year is going to be susceptible to a lot of what ifs and asterisks in certain cases that doesn't mean that the the integrity of the championship is tarnished per se it's like people are saying about the well this isn't going to be a real stanley cup finals well it's still going to be a real champion like the the, the winner is still going to be their real winner no matter what but there's definitely a lot of unknowns and a lot of like, ooh, this situation arises and we'll see how they deal with it. Like, what if a whole team has too many cases where they can't even compete anymore? A week, two week period is far too much for this tournament. Mm-hmm. Are we entering into a new era of the World Juniors where it's not just between three, maybe four teams every year? Are we seeing the development of those bubble countries, if you will, or the fifth and sixth place finishers? Uh, are they finally rising to potentially threaten for a medal? I mean, we'll see. I don't see it happening this year necessarily, but it, it that might be the reality if, let's say, two of the big teams are top are are, are knocked out of the tournament for unknown reasons let's say um and it depends who you're including in like the 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 typical top four i guess would be um i don't even know if there's a clear top four anymore to be honest with you but i guess it would be canada russia sweden and the u.s but finland's you know at that door saying what's up we're supposed to be in this group because we're top tier too um what would be the, the the sixth team? Czech Republic. Like that's still a pretty solid team. Typically, uh, I wouldn't necessarily rule them out entirely. So that's possible. Uh, as far as like smaller teams, I don't think Austria has a chance. Uh, I don't see Slovakia going very far. Uh, Germany, maybe. Germany's got some really talented young players, so that's possible. But I don't see it happening this year necessarily. Well, that's the thing. Do you see the weaker teams going more balls to the walls since there is no uh, relegation this year? So this would be the time that they can just kind of throw everything at the wall, see what sticks. If they make mistakes, oh, well, and they finish last, that's okay. They're not getting sent down. Yeah, see, that's the thing with smaller teams is, or smaller countries, rather. It's teams that typically have played together players that have typically played together for a lot longer and know each other very well. Like you're not going to have a guy that plays in the OHL, know a guy that plays in the WHL all that well. They might be familiar with each other from, you know, cool tournaments that happen between one league and another and another, or if they see each other at the very finals of their, of their respective junior leagues, but that doesn't happen until you get to the, the junior level that they're at. That doesn't happen. Uh, before the juniors, you're not competing in the nationals as far as maybe in peewee. I don't know. But how well could you possibly know someone in a smaller country with less divisions and a smaller demographic? You're going to have players that actually know each other pretty well. So that might be an advantage that smaller countries have that they can start taking advantage of this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be cool to see if like, oh, you know, Slovenia or, or some random team. Not that they're in the, the tournament, but like Slovakia is definitely in the tournament. That could be an interesting uh, sleeper for all we know. 
Uh, they might have guys that have been playing together, coming up in, in, the, in the same class and playing together for years and knowing each other very well, being enemies, being friends, but still might have an existing dynamic coming into the, into the tournament. I think my sleeper team this year is the Swiss. They've always been, you know, up and coming uh, in the past, you know, 10 years. They've really kind of pushed teams to the brink. Uh, you know, they haven't broken through, but they've, they've made probably the most gains for a small country, and they've always stayed up. They haven't been relegated, or they were always that bubble team that may have been rele- relegated, and then just kind of one year they made it click, and they've kind of stayed up ever since and they're they're feisty they're yeah they're fast. it speaks to their development system because mm-hmm. as a national development they've done really well and it's been like like you say exponential from one year to another um there's growth there for sure and uh they play a very a very interesting game and it's very balanced like offense defense balance so I, I guess similar in a lot of ways to Finland. Mm. They are feisty, like you said. And the Finnish, well, they finish their checks, let's say. <laughs> oh. The Swiss are very neutral. Is what I'm, they have a neutral zone trap. Now, Team Canada doesn't play on opening day because opening day this year is on Christmas Day instead of Boxing Day. Uh, you know, I guess they just yeah. felt that everyone was going to be lonely on Christmas, so they wanted to make sure everyone felt like they were together. Just like the NBA and the NFL, cramming sports on usually the busiest day of the year. Uh, is it a good thing that Team Canada doesn't play on the opening day? Probably, because that's when most Canadians are celebrating. Um, they don't want to necessarily be distracted from uh, their Zoom calls with their families across the country. Um, I kind of wish they did because I don't celebrate on Christmas Day, but that's totally biased perspective. Uh, I'll be watching other games either way. But, yeah, it's probably for the best for Canadians. At least these young guys will be able to have the day off. Um, uh, if they're young enough, some of them might even still believe in Santa Claus. So if they if they have the Christmas spirit, they should have something under their tree. Santa got you a bag skate. That's what you got yeah. for Christmas. <laughs> got out of here, boy. And now we're going to head into some fun questions. Um, what is the best memory you have uh, from the World Juniors? Uh, I remember the year. I can't remember like any specific play, but I remember the year that uh, John Tavares and Nazem Kadri played together. They didn't play together necessarily in the same line, although they were on the ice a couple of times together. Uh, but watching, like, I could tell, is I was watching Kadri for obvious reasons, uh, but also knowing that Kadri often con- compared himself to John Tavares and said that he was just as good as him, this shows, of course, the cockiness that we know from Nazem. But watching him on the ice, like, just become the player that he's now showing that he can be because of the pressure that he put on himself to match the level of John Tavares. Uh, And there's a few instances that I can think of, but not a specific play. Uh, Just like seeing him and obviously me being excited as a Leafs fan, seeing this guy 
really up his game uh, for his own personal reasons at the time, and now he's actually being able to draw into that more often. Uh, but definitely, that was the cadre that I knew that he'd become. It took a while for him to become that in Toronto, but he was also um, that player for us on a lot of occasions. So I really enjoyed his uh, his stint at the World Juniors. Now, follow-up, if Nazem Kadri didn't play in Toronto, do you think he would have become that player a lot sooner? That's possible because of the way that he was uh, developed. Uh, he had a lot of uh, negativity. The press in Toronto, obviously, is not, not exactly easy, but he would have had the same kind of struggles in like Montreal. Um, guys like that that have like a little bit of a cockiness, like Max Domi maybe didn't work out in Montreal for similar reasons. Um, but he did eventually get there and circumstances made it so that he had to, he was essentially pushed down the lineup and wasn't being used the right way anyway. So he became a trade chip. Um, but that's about, that's more about the development. I think if he had been developed in a team like Colorado, or even if he were developed in Toronto now under the current management, probably be would would be a different story, I think. I don't think he would have been rushed into uh, the league as quickly or yo-yoed between the, uh, the AHL and the NHL like he was. Yeah. So this is taken from a, another podcast. Uh, shout out to the Spittin' Chickless podcast. Oh, yeah, the big um, so uh, they recently did a World Juniors uh uh, episode um and they talked about what the uh best world juniors uh goal is or the biggest i mean the the, the biggest no I, I i think i'll go with the best um i can't remember if it was sam bennett this was at least one of the, one of my favorite goals. I can't remember if it was Sam Bennett that year or actually Curtis Lazar. Cause I'm pretty sure they were on the same line with Domi. Um, the smile on Domi's and Lazar's face after this, I can't remember who scored the goal. It might've been, might've been Domi. But for me, that was like just watching their reaction sticks out as maybe not the biggest goal, but definitely one of my favorites to watch. Um, I'm going to try to find it if I can, but um, I want to say it's, it's, it could have been Lazard, but I think it was Domi. So now the other aspect, uh, and this comes from another podcast, the bar down podcast. Uh, they talked about um, the, the biggest world juniors goal. Uh, so Spin Chicklets talked about the uh, the best uh, kind of stylish uh, goal as they do. They like to they talk flair, um, okay. but uh, the Bar Down podcast talked about the biggest, and it wasn't just strictly for Canada. Now, when I was listening to this, obviously the first thing that comes to my mind, not just because it was a massive goal, but because it happened in Ottawa, where I was, okay. yeah, uh, was the Jordan Eberle goal. Uh, against Russia with time winding down just you saw the puck just squirt out and just the forehand backhand lift up times expiring ties the game they go to overtime they win 
and then they go to the gold medal final and win. Uh, which kept the, this... uh, can you believe it goal? Yes. Oh, yes. 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 Okay. Uh, uh, to keep the streak alive of uh, of Canada winning okay. the gold. <laughs> uh, I just remember. I, I guess the part of the feeling is being in the city. Uh, I never got to go see a Team Canada game, but I got to go see uh, a few games uh, of other countries, and just the the atmosphere, just how alive. You know, where it's an NHL city, but the World Juniors just brings an extra celebration to the holiday season. Right. I think it's just—is it just like there's so much more energy? Like they're because they're younger, it feels like they—they're just like trying harder, or they're just more energetic. There's more of a buzz, that's for sure. So, I mean, that's the one that comes to my mind. Um, Another one that comes to my mind is the Mika Zabinajad Sweden goal because that, that, won them, that, was the, that won them the gold medal. Mm-hmm. And so their argument was the Eberle goal was nice, but it didn't win them the game. It tied the game. It tied the game. So how do you measure something that's big? Do you oh, yeah. they, them winning the tournament, the gold medal? Does that outrank the tying goal in the semifinal against a rival that's an interesting question there's so much to weigh i would i would have to venture to say like yes the championship clinching goal is a bigger goal but you don't get to the championship until you clinch and you can't clinch until you tie if you're behind so uh it's both are big goals. Flair-wise, one is obviously sticking out to me. Uh, although I do love Zidane Jad and God, he was an amazing player in junior as well. I knew he was going to be good. I always wanted him as Leaf as well because I'm a selfish asshole. And I like <laughs> I like those European players. It, it's it's. I think it's tough. I mean, I think too. You know, watching the game, the yeah. Like the the Benajad goal wasn't uh, anything special. Like he just beat the goalie and went backhand. Yeah. So like it wasn't a nifty. He deked out the goalie type goal, but it won the game. He beat the, the goalie. Medal. Yeah. It's it's how it mattered. It right. I, I'm sure there's a Canada bias to why the Eberly goal automatically comes to mind. Oh, for sure. But yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many important goals that have happened. Uh, the the Zabinajad goal when Finland won, they were just a dominant team. Uh, I don't think was they that, was that the Line year. Uh, I think it was because that might have actually been uh, the was it Jesse Puljujarvi who scored it. Ooh, yes. Yeah, that was a man. Yeah, they won. If that's the one I'm thinking, then that one could even be better than than the Everly goal. Like, there's so many. There's just too many to to even like. There are no words because there are just so many important goals going through 
and every year there's like there's moments that sure they might not stand out like long term, but when you go back and watch highlights and you're like, oh man, That's... do you see these players that are either familiar to you now because they're you right? know, you're watching it? In you the, in the you don't remember like, that you watched them in exactly. Oh, that. And then that's that's like, I don't remember that goal sticking out to me, but now knowing that player and knowing that that's his style of play or, or knowing, holy hell, he's applying that in the NHL right now, that's really where it gets me. Like, this is why it's such an important stage because even if you don't know what you're watching, you're still watching potential greatness. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That happens and, so many times. And Finland won... Um... Uh, the 2019 uh, three to two over the U S in Vancouver two years ago, Canada yeah. beat Russia last year for three in the Czech Republic. Uh, like there's the, close games, the like, five, that's... four shootouts uh, in 2017 where U S beat Canada in the gold medal in Montreal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was right. And that was seen as payback from the, uh, what was it? Fifth, twelve round, ten round, fifteen rounds. Uh, where Canada was against uh, the United States in the shootout that every every Canadian remembers. It was the Taves. Uh, Taves just kept scoring on the shootout because that was the rules. You could right, use players just going back out there. Yeah, they just kept like, yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah. You scored last time, go right ahead. Like, I think that was <laughs> he's just doing laps. I think that was 06. Maybe, no, I think... Yeah, if that was 06, Taves, that would have been around there. I think maybe 07? Because I think it was over in Europe. Pretty sure it was. So, like, just so many was memories. Was Canada was still wearing, like, the, the red and black? Like, the old jersey that... that yeah, they still had the old Maple jersey. Leaf, um, the player going through the Maple Leaf? Yes, yeah, and that in that game they wore their whites because America was wearing their deep blues. Yeah, okay. Man. There's just so many memories that come from this one tournament. Yeah. And, and it, it has nothing to do with the holidays. Then. Like, and be, Yeah, back then growing up, we were off school. What better do we have? We can watch Slovakia yeah. and Slovenia, two countries that – a lot of people could be like, where are they in the map? I don't know. Yeah. But hey. Your general Europe colors. area, obviously. What do you mean they're not the same country? Why would they be named the same? <laughs> Their flags are so similar. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but like this this tournament teaches young, young kids geography. It teaches them names. It teaches them hockey stuff. Yeah. Especially if you play hockey, you see a European style of a play versus the North America. You see the, oh, the, the bigger names ice. Are, the bigger like, ice. This is before I, it was even like, I remember watching probably the first world junior tournament I saw was during my high school years. Um, and this was, I think well before the Olympics were back, like with professionals. So the Olympics weren't big at the time. Not like the world, uh, not like the, I guess the, world juniors but also the like the world championships uh but those even those paled in comparison to the Stanley Cup playoffs that happened in at the same time because a lot of the best players were playing in the in the in the playoffs so the world juniors was like this is actually the best of their age 
regardless of what league they play for, because they're all acknowledging this tournament for this specific age group is the only thing that matters in this time frame, which is about like two weeks. It's, it's such a short period of time and consistently amazing hockey because it's focused. It's not shared. It's not like the Olympics. Are, oh, now we're sharing it. Uh, oh, no professionals again. Goddamn Batman. <laughs> uh, will this year be harder than years previous? Uh, easier? Uh, determined so quick. It's kind of blinking. It's over. Uh, but will it be harder? Will it be easier? Or will it be just kind of different? Because the fans do kind of make the tournament special. So no fans being there. Is that going to make it weird? It'll be weird. It'll be as weird as playoffs were, I think. Um, but see, we everyone kind of got used to it with the with the NHL. With this tournament being so quick... But I think we're conditioned because of the playoffs mm. and not just the playoffs, but a lot of sports that we've been watching, I guess, with the exception of the out, outdoor sports, there haven't been players, uh, there haven't been fans in, in, the, in the stadium. So, you know, watching the NBA finals, watching the Lakers win in front of nobody <laughs> or, or their staff only, like it's crazy. It's, it's completely different watching the Tampa Bay lightning lift the cup and Basically, just their noises from the ice is very weird. Um, I think we're a little bit used to it, maybe. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a, a way of like being hopeful that, that it can be somewhat normalized in the short period that it is, because it is pretty short. I think it'll be more difficult for the players. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to have... I will say... When I'm watching football and I see people in the stands, I kind of go like, "It's weird. What? Right? Why are you in the stands?" Yeah, uh, I, I do think 2021 fans, it'll be normal again to have fans in the stands at some point. Uh, 2021, I'm hoping. Uh, but so, uh, uh, yeah, I I'm, think we'll we'll know normal again, a new normal. Probably 2022 will be like the the year that we actually see. Oh, hey. I don't have to worry about bumping into someone. I mean, I'll still say sorry because I'm Canadian, but I don't have to worry about them like, oh, no, you, you touched me, cooties just, or whatever. Like, can you remember, like, leaving hockey games, just the, the mass, so just waiting fun. to go down to the main, like... Just getting on a bus, getting on the new Ottawa rail transit system, goofy-ass short transit rail that we have, but... Getting on those are packed often. I doing that right now is like that's you're asking me to go. You may as well ask me to go to a different country and experience an entirely different thing from what I'm currently used to. Mm-hmm. Which isn't healthy. <laughs> we're we're supposed to be social beings, right? Well, let's go. It. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's go through. So Group A this year uh, features Canada, Finland, the Swiss, Slovakia, and Germany. Um, I, I think this is the the lesser of the competitive groups. Yeah. I think uh, the top two are shooing. Yeah. And then everything else is like, yeah. Does, does Germany beat – I feel like whoever doesn't win a game finishes – last and 
doesn't make the quarterfinals because it's out of 10, eight teams move on. So yeah. really, you just have to win one game in your pool to guarantee yourself life after the round robin. Germany probably has the best chance. Out of, I don't know, maybe Slovakia? I think that game's gonna gonna decide who finishes last and yeah. fourth. I think the Swiss will be fine. They the Swiss should beat both of those teams to finish third, theoretically. Of course, this is all on paper. We don't have a, a way into the tournament. We're not dictating yeah, exactly. who's gonna win. We're not telling you to bet your mortgage on these teams. And um. Now, Group B, I think that's the real, the Russia, Sweden, USA, Czech Republic, and Austria. Is there a chance in hell that Austria scores more than three goals? Uh, It depends if you count goals on yourself. I don't know. That's (laughs) mean. Uh, (laughs) I think if they do, we should make like a drinking game for it, I think. When they're playing, if they score a goal, that's, that's every goal a they brilliant score, idea. you have to take like four shots. Uh, I'm. Because they're not going to score too often, so you can spread them out a bit. You don't have to do like, you know, I'm not a frat boy, but like <laughs> 10 minutes I think is reasonable. Five minutes, something like that. Uh, you know what? I, I, I mean, day drinking, you're just going to... Look at that. They play... Oh, no, that's pre-competition. They don't play on on Christmas Day, which is, you know, can't get drunk on Christmas Day from Austria. <laughs> they play on Boxing Day, though, after Team Canada. So, I mean, right you're, after? you're right after. Yeah, so you're, you're going to be well-seasoned. You're just tailing it. It's just a, a, a continuation. You're, you're pre-drinking for Team Canada's you're already married game. Yeah. You're fine. And if, if they score a single goal, that's just four shots. <laughs> big deal. Shots of what? It, it's going to be good stuff. Maybe maybe we get an Austrian liqueur. Uh, I don't oh. know what comes out of Austria for, for that. but Well, if you're anything like Germans, then, then mostly beer, I guess. I, I, that's probably What's a German? Wow. What's an Austrian or German uh, liquor, like hard liquor? Uh, is Jägermeister German? Like, uh, oh, I guess so, right? I made the mistake of buying the Jäger uh, coffee cold brew. Ooh. Like, I like one of those things, and it's not Jäger. So I don't know why I did that. <laughs> there you go. Everyone, every <laughs> Austrian goal, everyone take a shot oh, of the Jäger coffee. I have enough to spare, which is... Uh, I, I am cheering actively against Austria. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who do you think are going to be our medal winners? Who are our top three? You or know, let's, I... who makes the semifinals? Because then you have okay, a that's... three out of four shot to win a medal. So Yeah. And I think that allows for... It's like what I was saying earlier, like when we think top four teams, you have the typical ones, you know, Canada, US, Russia, Sweden. I think Finland's in there, and I don't know who's not going to be included. Uh, 
I know I'd rather it isn't, but if it's the U.S., I'm not going to lose any sleep. If it's Canada versus Europe, <laughs> basically, like <laughs> the best of Europe, that's that's kind of what I want to see because it's nothing against the states. I just think we play too similar of a game mm. as them, so I'd rather not face them. I think Canada is different enough from the rest of the countries that we can adapt, and Canada is so stacked that they have players that are capable at pretty much every facet of the game. Well, that's the thing. That's where the Canada-Finland game is going to be so important because the first team in Group A will play the fourth-place team in Group B. Could be the U.S., could be Czech Republic. It could be Sweden or Russia if they really fall flat, like – you, you want to play the lesser of all those evils in your quarterfinal exactly. game because you don't want to have a hard game until the semifinals if you can until help. you have to. <laughs> exactly. So the longer you can um, delay it, which means finishing first in your pool is going to give you the best shot at that. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Finland won that first game. They're just they're, they're that good. And they're players that I don't – I've never necessarily seen them play – live i've seen clips but to, just to say oh capo is going to be there good luck like good mm-hmm. luck anyone that's facing him just there's a whole system their whole the way that they play they are feisty as hell maybe not like at the same level of canada but they're annoying to play against that's for sure and they're defensively sound no matter which line you're facing you're going to face a very responsible uh, a set of wingers and forward uh, and center, let alone their defensemen. So I'm I'm glad that that's going to be the first game. It's going to really set a tone. Well, uh, so get your your drinks, your day drinks. The tournament starts on Friday, December 25th, uh, Christmas Day, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can catch all the games on TSN. The first game is Switzerland versus Slovakia. So lots of, uh, you know, taking a shot for Slovakia. Uh, Germany, Finland (laughs) plays at six. uh, And then Russia, United States finishes off Christmas Day at 9.30 p.m. uh, on pretty much all the TSN channels. Uh, So I think that's going to be a great cap to Christmas Day is Russia, United States. Yeah, that's fun. Um, And Canada plays their first game against Germany uh, on December 26th on Boxing Day um, at 6 p.m. Eastern. So that's uh, – and then right after, U.S. versus Austria at 9.30. So, again, two more games – le- More drinking. You're just going to be day drinking the Saturday, the Sunday, the Friday. Uh, like, why not? You know, I don't really want to drink that Jaeger, but I also don't want the U.S. to have any shutouts. <laughs> If you're sensing any sort of strong bias against the U.S., I uh, no, I don't yeah, know what you're talking I, about. That's yeah. totally fair. Your sensing is, is spot on. Well, uh, not only do we have the World Juniors, but we have a new NHL season to get uh, excited about. The six games. This, that's uh, that's more games than the lockout year. I'll take right, it. like. I'm pretty confident that uh, it's going to be good. I mean, the last time Ottawa played in a shortened season, we uh, made a pretty good uh, run at it. 
Yeah, the hamburger, right? Hamburger. The hamburger. The hamburger. Um, are they still giving him? Are they still he, giving him the burgers? I don't. He just match? signed um, somewhere, so uh, well, as a like a second as a backup, essentially. Um, Mickey D's is international, so if uh, they're willing to honor it, then. So uh, January thirteenth, the season starts. Uh, teams who did not make the extended playoffs can start training camp uh, next week. Uh, all others have to wait till like a few days later. So I really don't get the the extra few days jump. You know those players have been skating, so yeah. I mean, not they can't be skating if they're not sanctioned, is what they're <sighs> saying. Because you know, there's been there's been some penalties lobbied around against uh, a certain the penalité. Uh, the trade deadline happens on April twelfth, so a week after Easter. Uh, end of regular season is May 8th. Uh, the expansion draft, which is also happening yeah. around the corner, July 21st. And then the, NF, uh, the NHL draft itself happens on the 23rd, 24th of July. So it's going to be a jam-packed six months. How excited are you? We're going to get realignments. This could oh, be the yeah. start of something new, an all-Canadian division. That's going to be beautiful. I mean, it's going to be a pretty stacked division, which is nice to say about all Canadian teams uh, with uh, one exception. Um, but even that team, the Ottawa Senators, are going to be exciting to watch. I mean, it's just it's just how it is. They're in development. This is not the year. Oh, this is the year. But it could be. That's how crazy a 56-game schedule is. Uh, really, almost anything could happen. They play each other 10 times. The beautiful thing about this division is all the other divisions have eight teams. The Canadian division or Northern division, whatever they're calling it. We're all going to call it the Canadian True division. North. The True North, uh, they're, they're only seven, so they have to play each other 10 times. Like yeah. that's just, if that does not reignite those interprovincial or Canadian rivalries, I, nothing else can do it. I, I've always felt the Canadian rivalries be stronger than any, with the exception of Boston for the Leafs. And actually for Montreal as well, Boston mm-hmm. has a deep rivalry with the Les Habitants. Um, so I'm excited to see and hear and experience all of the silly Vancouver <laughs> fans being upset about the Toronto bias. Whatever, uh. I get it. It's fine. It's fun, all in good spirits. Um, obviously, the rivalry with Ottawa, that's going to be a different kind of rivalry, I'm sure, but fun to get back into the Battle I of think, Ontario. I think it's going to regrade everything because it's been so, so dominant and it's kind of blipped up here and there throughout the well, past five years. That's the thing with the, these two teams in particular. They haven't had simultaneous good teams at the same time. Right? Not yeah. since the years of Alfred Sinsundin you know, the years of our high school uh, timeframes, 2000 to 2005, give or take. Um, Those years, both teams were actually in the conversation. They weren't both necessarily contenders. Obviously, neither of them actually went all the way. But they were in the conversation as far as playoff worthy, yes. As far as uh, they might face each other in the first round, it happened three years in a row. Um, good teams 
season records were different than the playoff records. That's just sometimes that's how the playoffs work, especially back then. We're talking about a different breed of hockey. That's going to be reignited because now we have two similar teams, very young teams, Ottawa younger than, than Toronto, especially now with Joe Thornton bringing up that average <laughs> uh, <laughs> old man, Joe I'm excited to have him by the way. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think I'm not trying to undersell Ottawa. I just, they're the least experienced and in a, a season that is shortened, that, that could, that could mean nothing. Experience could just be, they're running on adrenaline. They're all young. They've been dying to play hockey and they get on the ice and they kill it. You know, they have an amazing record. And that means one of the more typical uh, contending teams in this Canadian division gets, you know, the rough end of the of the draw. They they don't make it to the playoffs. That could happen. Now I, that could be Montreal. Hopefully, right? <laughs> we can hope for that. Definitely. So it's it's being reported that the top four teams in each division uh, will be playoffs, and then each division will produce a champion, thus making kind of a semifinal Stanley Cup, a Final Four, if you will. So it that's exciting that. We'll have a. It's been how long since I guess the Sens were the last Canadian team in a division conference final? Yeah, which is crazy to think because that wasn't even that long ago. No, it was 2017. Yeah, those the uh, that was the the goal that broke my heart. Just yeah, I mean, broke your heart. Made me laugh. Whatever. <laughs> I don't really hear a difference. Um, no one wanted Sidney Crosby to win <laughs> another Stanley Cup. Oh, I'm not a Crosby fan at all, which added to my laughter because I was also laughing at myself. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I laugh at myself often. I think if we have a, a shoe-in, so to speak, as far as like the Final Four and one of them is a Canadian team, that's an interesting development because it's kind of like not not by default because again all these teams are going to be strong we're talking about four out of seven where you could easily say six of them should be in the playoffs any year Mm -hmm. like six of those rosters maybe five i'm not entirely sold on the montreal Canadiens. i think last year was a bit of a a fairy tale uh playoff run but hey that's exactly what i said could happen because uh, Carey Price is still a human being. Um, we'll see. It could very well be that none of uh, nothing that I'm saying is accurate. Both Montreal and Ottawa make the playoffs, and the Leafs are dead uh, dead last. Probably not going to happen. But knowing my luck, it could very well happen. Uh, I'm excited for this division. Seeing more of Connor McDavid versus anyone mm. in Canada is going to be awesome either way. That's us. I think that's like the biggest win that we can all agree on seeing more Connor McDavid versus Pedersen versus Matthews versus Line. If he's still a jet, all of these things are awesome. <laughs> all of these things are like, that's iron grinding against iron. And it's going to be amazing. Now, of course it has to be approved by the provincial health authorities, 
Um, so it's not a done deal yet. They might still have to do a Canadian bubble instead of traveling and playing in each of the cities. Um, reports say that four out of the five provinces are on board, but they haven't said what the holdout or the issue is for the fifth. I think they're going to get that smoothed out probably before the new year, uh, before the, training camp. BC? That's what people are saying. Yeah. So it's all um, speculation, right? Yeah. Um, so nothing's been official. We, it might just be they never got a chance because they're on the West Coast and they never responded to a fax message. Friday. Yeah. Like, you know, those on. facts and the snowstorm and just. And the, the moose carrier was uh, not working <laughs> that day. Canada Post has been bombarded this year, so it just... Yeah, I know. Every every single thing that I'm waiting for says, due to the pandemic. I know. I've been <laughs> here since March. But I, I think it'll get resolved, and we will have this, and they'll play in each of their stadiums. Uh, I don't see them having to do a bubble, but I have no information on what the health people are saying, so... From my perspective, honestly, and from most fans' perspective, it doesn't matter where they play. I, as long as they play. Yeah, exactly. I, I, It's even better if they play in the same time zone because I don't have to stay up or <laughs> the games. It's just... Classic 10 You're not playing in front of fans anyway, so I don't care. You know what? I don't care where they play. I just want them to play because I'm not going to go to the stadiums. I don't have a dog in that race. It's just all... Oh, how are we going to, you know, maximize our, our profits or, you know, what's sad this season, this season will be the first time. Uh, I don't know in how many years, probably over 10 that I will not attend a game in person. Well, last season was my first, I didn't go to any games last year, but cause I was planning on going to one of the, towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. uh, I had just come back from vacation and I was like, all right, now I get to pick which game. Because yeah, I live in Ottawa. Uh, there's there weren't any games scheduled. I don't think from Toronto to Ottawa. Either way, those tickets are ridiculous. So I'd have just gone to any game, but didn't happen. So and you have better options even because you could go to probably Edmonton or Calgary. Edmonton, uh, Calgary, Winnipeg. It's yeah. There. Oh yeah. There you go. You could go like pretty easily. Well, not easily. Like like. I could go to a sense game, but you have three options versus my two. Because even if I were in Toronto, I couldn't afford a ticket. <laughs> if I could even find one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'm just happy they're starting to play. So yeah, bottom line, uh, let's, let's get going. Where is it? Could be like they were saying, uh, the, the Toronto Raptors are playing out of Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm not at the game. No one is from Toronto. So wherever it is, I just wanted to play. That, that's Couldn't have said it better myself. I barely uh, even said it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, a little thing uh, was announced. Some people said it was a money grab. Some people didn't quite understand it. Some people question whether teams took it seriously uh but we had the reverse retro jersey line released uh what are your thoughts who are your top five who are your bottom five 
Yeah, I, you know, the top five is actually going to surprise you a little bit, I think, um, because I, I might, I might be putting my foot in my mouth by saying this, but I really like the Montreal Canadiens ones. I uh, do too. I've, I've actually so never many liked people, any of their jerseys. So many ever. people don't get the blue, and I'm. I think it's sharp. I think it. it accents. Le blanc et rouge. Blue is the first one in that, and it's finally. Les nice personnes c'est pas français. Il connaît pas le bleu. Il comprend pas. C'est pas mon problème. I like them, Esti. So. Besoin de checker là, comme. Check the check the facts. Check the facts, Esti. Um. I think that's going to be my new catchphrase. Check the facts. But I'm not saying they're my favorite, but they're probably my third favorite. I think the LA Kings one, for the year that it is, uh, to me, immediately as I saw it, and I know it's still LA Kings colors. I know they've worn those colors before. But immediately as I saw it, I thought of Kobe. Mm. And that yeah. stuck out to me as like, I love that jersey. I want to own one of those jerseys and and have Brian's name on it. Um, I want it to be like I want to see more crossover jerseys. So seeing that, I know it's not like just because of the Lakers, but let's not fool ourselves. It, it is inspired. Uh, the Lakers are a very storied franchise. The speaking of storied franchises, the Colorado Avalanche, Nordique style awesome like there's no way to not like that no you can't not i think it's again another jersey i would love to own that jersey mm -hmm. um would i wear it specifically to annoy uh Habs fans? <laughs> absolutely all the time and i probably would put a 33 on it uh with the king's name so i would love that jersey i think it's fantastic um I, again, I think the Habs are fair at number three. Um, I like the uh, the Minnesota North Wild jersey. Uh, I think that one's pretty cool too. Uh, See, I it I liked it at first, and I watched a YouTube video, and someone said that you just replaced the Minnesota Wild logo with a Subway logo, and it just uh, it ruined it for too. me. And I was like, yeah. yeah. You're, but it's fresh. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I mean, yeah, I still do like it a lot. Um, I, I would probably put that fifth, and I, I, I personally like the uh, the, the. I was about to say the Phoenix Coyotes jersey. Oh, that's wrong. The Arizona. I love, I love that old, I've always old jersey. Liked, I've always liked that that. Um, I guess they call it like the tribal look or I don't know what specifically they call it, but that, that reminds me of like Keith Kachuk wearing that jersey. Right? That's all I can think of. But that's um, all you think of is the late nineties, Keith Kachuk. Such a great player. His sons are kind of pricks, but that's fine. Um, I don't know where one of them about. and the other, I'll be fair. <laughs> Uh, they're both amazing young players. I'm joking, guys. Some of these things are jokes. Um, <laughs> everyone, relax. But yeah, those are probably my top five. Uh, the order can change. On How are you feeling? Yeah. yeah exactly. I, I, 
like depends on who's on the back too. Because if I see a thirty-three Nordiques mm. Avalanche jersey, I'm gonna lose my mind because that's that's the first thing that I wanted to see on that jersey. Um, Can we all agree that the Islanders like forgot their homework and like yeah. eight fifty-nine before class, they were just writing something down. They had the easiest. Uh, yeah, they the, really could have because it would have been so funny. The same way the Anaheim did. They embraced the goofiness. Right? Like, at first, the Anaheim one, I was like, ah, but... I like it. It's kind I'm of grown on me. I'm allowed to use it. Because it, it, originally, they had to remove that because Disney owned the, the copyright mm-hmm. to that, like, that duck mask. Yeah. Which is funny enough because I saw the first uh, Mighty Ducks. I watched it last night. Uh, it's on my mind. I, th- I think um, I might have would have rather the that the the duck just the head just because okay. how yeah. iconic that jersey is but that jersey all i think of is korea salani right like it has such history just but... see all of the hockey cards that i have just mm. flash before my eyes it's like a little uh, life after death but in hockey sense but the you know the duck wing whatever they're calling this jersey is it's it it's unique. Like a, a Darkwing it's, Duck type of character. Yeah, it reminds me of the the Mighty Ducks cartoon series. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Damn, that's true. But the Islanders, yeah. man, all Islanders, you had to do was put the fisherman on the fucking jersey. You would have sold ten hundred thousand versions of that. You would have made your payroll again. You could have paid someone like a Tavares, but. Yeah, <laughs> fucked up. I don't know. It, it, some things just seem so easy. Uh, I still don't think they're even the worst one. I would, I would put the Toronto jersey among the worst. I, what did they do? Like, did they okay. get an eleven-year-old to draw a maple leaf? Because it's no, a, that, it's okay, a hard. So the thing with the, the 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 logo itself isn't even the, the thing I have the problem with. It's the size of the logos an issue but it, that logo did exist it's not like they just pulled it out of nowhere i know people are like oh but the capitalized letters and then there's a small n i don't know why but that's how that logo was originally that's mm. from the i want to say actually i can find out exactly but they have worn it recently uh castle has a jersey with that one on it and that's from a 66 67 so that's the last uh, okay. time they won the cup but not a good logo. You could have you could have used this is what I wanted to see. St. Pat's colors, so the green and white, but with the older school, the one that looks like the more modern maple leaf, so the one that still looks like a maple leaf, but not the current one that they're using right now. With that in white behind a green St. Pat's themed jersey logo or, or jersey color. I would have immediately put money down on that. I would have probably gotten several and put like a, a, a throwback name on it and mm. get a, a modernized version with like probably Matthews, if I'm being honest. But this one, it's not, they don't even have the right colors. A blue and gray jersey for a team that has two colors and you get one wrong, I just, I, I'll never buy that jersey. I would sooner put money on a counterfeit because <laughs> even some of them look nicer yeah uh, i don't get it I, the gray works on actually, san jose but not on a nah, yeah I believe. san jose has gray in their history yeah 
So it works because it's actually retro. Uh, this one, I don't get it. You have colors that you can work with. I get if you don't want to use the, the same two that you've been using. That's why I'm saying green would work. And it's a color that you can associate with the team's history. Like mm -hmm. that's the retro, but you're reversing it with your modern modern-ish logo. I yeah, that, I guess the Detroit one for me is worse still, but yeah, they Detroit. didn't really have anything to work with. No, I don't. The Detroit I don't one. Done. I, I get the alternative, like almost all white with a gray stripe, but yeah, but it looks like pajamas. That one looks like like it should be a part of a onesie. I don't get it, mm. but I, for them at least, I can't even think of what they could have done. And I know, uh, you know, they're they're a storied franchise too. They just they have a lot less like as far as alternatives go. They don't have any alternative logo. No, and if they did, they suck. Uh, <laughs> yeah they they don't have a, a luxury of like being the the rangers with that exactly that um, classic uh florida even yeah liberty oh man oh the oh that panthers jersey right 95 my top like, five you know how hard i cheered for the for the florida panthers to win against the Canuck, uh, Canucks against the colorado avalanche because i was like all right avalanche seen you here before i wanted to see something new and i was like throw rats on the ice fuck yeah let's do that that's a cool thing it's new it's not the same old uh tried and true they they had such uh, an opportune moment i'm not saying that they squandered it because they did really well for what they had uh can you believe ed jovanoski was on that team was he really yeah It was disappointing, but that that jersey, I can just, I would own that jersey as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I also like a Florida the Washington team. jersey. Yeah, uh, really, really nice. Uh, the red's not. I think the red a little bit clashes with the eagle, but it it yeah. reminds me of, uh, you know, the the golden, the first OV years. Yeah, the the year that he. Was he not on the same team as Yager? Oh. I don't know if they cross paths. Hmm. I'm thinking of the mullet now because I'm thinking of Yager. But did you hear Yager was uh, playing pro again? He's only a 238-day <laughs> retirement. I mean, it, it was a turn. It was an eternity, like... Yeah, but that's less time than some players have played since uh, friggin' <laughs> how many days into March are we? Yeah, are, are we less than 238 days into this March of 2020? Uh, I, Feels like that. But uh, that's been the craziness of hockey uh, since the Stanley Cup was awarded. Uh, we've gone through a break, heartache. Uh, yeah. But the World Juniors are here, and they're going to ease us into the new NHL season. There will only be a eight-day break between the gold medal game of the World Juniors and the first day of NHL starting. So you have that little bit of uh, a week gap to let your liver recuperate, recuperate, and then it's party on 
Alvaro, thank you so much for joining us on our end of year podcast. And uh, we look forward to having you back in season two with a new NHL season. And uh, who knows what 2021 has in store for us. I'm all in for the new year. Let's get this year over and done with, wrap it up. And uh, big shout out. I actually really also like the Ottawa Senators reverse retro. That's what it is, kids. I just really like it too. Thanks for having me, man. Till next time.